What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. I'm Jason Hartwell, and I'm what I say? Did I? I messed up my own name. <laughs> Fuck it. You said Hartwell. Hartwell in the house. From, I, 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 I was like, did, 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 did I get like a audio bug or something? That's or exactly did, did what I that was. That right? Yeah, that yeah. was an audio bug, right? So I'm Jason Hartwell from uh, <laughs> J.K. Blaine's, <laughs> and I'm here with uh, Nick Tobinelli from Pickle Cutters. Mr. Pickle Nick Tobin. Pickle Nick. <laughs> Pickle Nick. That sounds uh sounds like they like could yeah. Pickle Rick. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. What's up everybody? Oh man, what a week, huh? Oh, tell me about it. Christ. Oh, my, <laughs> week's, my week's been fun, dude. Yeah. Lots of new things going on. I've been uh I've been fighting some crime. <laughs> uh, uh yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh I solved a big case last night. feel pretty good about that. Um, I don't know that they're going to put me on the payroll, but, you know, I did my part and helped out. So that was interesting. Um, what you been doing? Oh, dude, getting through these orders, fucking handling knives, making folders, grinding blades. You know, all that good stuff a, a bladesmith does during yeah. a week, especially before Christmas. You know, when you got, I got probably a good dozen orders on the roll right now that I got to finish within the next, when is Christmas? What's today? Christmas is like 10 days or so. Yeah. Like yeah. Nine days. So I got like three that need sharpening four that need to be ground and put together. Those are the folders and then some steak knives that need to be ground and handled yeah i knocked out all my christmas orders about a week ago got everything oh. finished and dude I'm, I'm back in that slump i have zero orders on my books not a single one well that's when you get there and you just fucking push out shit and hopefully yeah. it's you know, unique something different than what you make and something that's gonna get people's attention you know that's what i'm like working that, on now you yeah, know that, that pairing knife there is uh see i i kind of wish i could be in your situation would not have nothing in the books right now I'd just be pumping out, like, I'd be forging blades left and right. and be yeah. like, I'd probably have, like, 20 unfinished blades in front of me and be like, okay, I'm going to finish this one today, like, a month down the road. Yeah, well, I haven't had any cash come through the house in, like, three weeks. That's what's, yeah. that's what's really fucking starting to hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah, that definitely shows. Yeah, and, um, man, right now, just I got five blades on the table right now ready for heat treat, and I've got two, you know, up there, out there for sale. Just not getting any bites right this minute. But, again, it's, you know, Christmas is next week. Who's going to spend that kind of money? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Most people's Christmas shopping is finished, and uh, they're they're not going to buy anything for themselves, I guess, this yeah. close. So. Yeah, that's what a lot of people have been telling me, too. Like, they, they've been inquiring, but they're like, okay, I'll get back to you after Christmas, or even that grinder I have available. Uh, I posted it on a couple, you know, Canadian groups, because shipping it to the States could be – kind of expensive i guess so i haven't really offered it there yet but if anybody is willing to pay the shipping then it's doable but uh yeah fucking you know that's what everybody's saying maybe after christmas yeah hope so hope so and i get that and i get that you know like i'd be the same way too you know like i said if i could if i could buy that paring knife of yours i don't even know why that hasn't moved yet dude I don't like, either. People go check out that paring knife on JK Blades on Instagram, and that that handle blew me away. And I'm tempted to buy it, but I treated myself to a birthday retreat. So yeah, well, 
it, it, it blows my mind that it hasn't moved. It's at a good price. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for what it is, man, I, I feel like really a lot of people that would have a bigger name than me would get at least double that. And it's the same yep. quality. You know what I mean? Yep. No. But uh, 225 bucks for something like that, man, it's just. And it comes with the sheet. Yeah. Hell, I'd buy it. You know what I mean? I can't even afford my own shit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I know it's, it's a conversation we had once with me and my father. He's like, fuck, I couldn't even buy any of your knives, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, who would have thought people would buy knives that expensive of a knife, you know? And it's like, well, it's like anything else. You know, people buy guns, people buy knives, people buy, you know, they have collections of everything, you know? Yeah. So there's a high end market for pretty much anything. Yeah. You know, people buy armor and like armored, like vintage armor suits, like gladiator shit. They're fucking shields and swords. Yeah. There are some weirdos out there. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting market out there for anything. So, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, not, not hold anything back this week. I'm going to call out what I feel is an elephant in the room. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm going to name drop. Oh, <laughs> am uh, I aware of this? No, you're not. <laughs> oh, shit. But, uh, wow. I don't think it's yeah, a big he's deal. Back I, don't, he's letting out. I don't think it's a huge deal, but I just, I, I kind of get a little kick out of it. You know, it gives me a little chuckle. But, uh, as long as it doesn't get me in trouble, I don't care. No, nobody will be in trouble. <laughs> nobody will be in trouble. So, uh, you know, we, we run a podcast, me and you together, Jason and, and Nick, you know, JK and Pickle. We do this once a week, and we get together, and we have a good time, and we talk about whatever we want to, right? It's our show. Yep. And luckily, there's a shitload of people who think we're at least decent enough to where they listen to it once a week. Well, there's been a word flying around the internet, and uh, I kind of feel like now that when I hear that word, they might be talking about us. Now, the word is getting spoken out there by Mr. Jeffrey Fader. And he keeps talking about all these other podcasts are thieves. And for some reason, it just tickles my heart because I feel like he's talking to us directly. He might be talking to everybody, period. <laughs> it's kind of not cool because you can't just be one podcast out there that talks about one subject and be the right. only ones there. You know, it's a, it's a free, free yeah. land. Well, there's, there's times that comes up, you know, on his rants on Knife Talk podcast, which is an amazing podcast. If you've never heard of Knife Talk, check it out. It's a very entertaining show. And uh, when podcasts come up, you know, it, it almost seems like, you know. Wannabes. Yeah. The, like all these podcasts are just ripoffs of this show. And, you know, I, I don't feel like we're trying to do that. I will give some inspiration to that show. You know what I mean? Because I never even heard of a podcast before that one. But it, like I said, it just kind of it warms my heart knowing that he might be thinking about us when he goes off on his thieving rants. And uh, I jumped in on one of his live streams the other day, and as soon as you know my name popped up there, he went off on one of his other podcast kind of rants, and it just uh, made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I didn't catch that. Yeah, <laughs> but I just thought that was kind of funny. Oh shit! Easy now, bud. Looks like I might have a. Loose wire. I have to leave that alone. Yeah, I think it's because you let your heart out there. And I did. This is the effects, yeah. You feel better now, Jay? I didn't feel bad before. Oh, okay. <laughs> why bring it up? No, and I totally get it too, though. Like seriously, like you're not the only one out there. Right. Is all I have to say, yeah. and it's all I'm gonna say, and I'm not gonna say more because if I say more, I might fucking put my foot in my mouth, and I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. 
So out of respect, everybody has their right to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Mm-hmm. There's more than one Joe Rogan podcast wannabe. Joe Rogan doesn't call anybody out. Then I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> I'm going to bite my tongue right now and I'm going to stop. So, yeah. You're not alone out there, bud. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's flattering, right? <laughs> well, at least we feel like we're being talked about. <laughs> if there's another knife related podcast, um, I'm not aware of it. I mean, I I know all of the knife related podcasts. I feel like all of the legit ones anyway. And I'm a fan of just about every single one of them. But I feel like, you know, we're all kind of talking about the same thing. Well, exactly. If it's the working hands podcast or if it's the hustle and grind podcast or the work for it podcast, we're, we're all in this together and we're all on the same boat. I got to check. I have not checked out the working hands. We do this because we love this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I didn't, if I didn't enjoy doing this, sitting down here an hour and a half, two hours every week with you, Jay, and doing this, I wouldn't do it, you know? And this is something I hadn't even considered. You know, let alone like other stuff like uh, content on YouTube and all that. A lot of people are like, oh, you should do some YouTube and blah, blah, blah. You could get paid for that. It's like, no, I'm not in it for the money. I, I do this because I have a passion for it. If I had a passion for all that video editing and all that, like I once had, but it wasn't my main passion. You know, I hadn't discovered that yet. But, you know, I could easily do it. But I don't have that time. I don't have the the resources and uh, and all that good stuff there. You know, so I do me, I do what I like, what I'm passionate about. I gave this podcast a shot and I loved it. This you know, is I invested money into equipment because I enjoy it. And it wasn't to rip off anybody and without the intent of being a wannabe or anything like that. Fuck dude. I am who I am. Yeah. But this, am this shit is fun. Dope. Every Thursday when we get ready to record, man, I'm just kind of thankful. You know what I mean? That we're able to do this. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm grateful for it too, and I, I and it gets me, you know, like I said, I look forward to it every week. You know, it's a it's a it's a it's, a, it's an exit from the shop for an hour and a half, two hours. You know, yeah, you know, it's a break. It's the longest break I take in the week while I'm in the shop working because most of the time I got my plate of food on my bench and I'm working and I'm eating at the same time. Yeah, I do so that with lunch. These are the, the longest days. breaks I get. You know, this is this weekly podcast is my longest work break. Yeah. You know, Unless we get carried away doing something live, but even then, we're usually all still working on yeah, something. You know, you know what I mean? Sometimes, if I am live and I'm, you know, I feel like I'm going to sit still. There's all like, no, no, I, I got to let you guys go. I got to get shit done. Yeah, them live streams we've been doing, man. We're kind of getting into the habit of doing it damn near every night. I know, and it's all right. That's dude, pretty cool. Like, like I said before, in those live feeds, the only people I really socialize with right now are people like you and Ryan and yeah. everybody else out there. You know, like. We, we hang out there and it's like, it's something we used to do when COVID first hit and we all got locked up. There was like a dozen of us of friends and we'd hang out on zoom and have parties. Like I'd hang out at my shop. One was in his studio. The other one was in his living room and we're all hanging out online and just shooting the shit, you know, well, well why couldn't we do it in our shops? You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, and like I said, I work 80, 90 hours a week, so I don't see people. Yeah. 
I feel so, like we kind of got our own little click on the live thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, when we start it, there's our, our little group that comes together. Yeah. As soon as I go live, it's like, doop, 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 doop. Yep. <laughs> it's always like the same five to 10 people. You yeah. know, and it's like, oh shit. Exactly. But uh, Ryan cracks me up. He's at work and he's got this live going and they're working on lawnmowers and fucking weed whackers and shit. Right. <laughs> but that's what the show is about too. You know, like what the hustle and grind podcast is about that. You know, what do you do to fucking pay bills at the end of the month? You know, I guess I'm going to start, have to start hooking again. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. The yeah. hustle's real. Yeah. You can't just shit on your, sit on your ass expecting orders to come in and rely on those, you know, and nobody's going to hand you out anything to get you through that month. So you got to get up off your ass and get shit done yourself. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I got some stuff lined up to make some money. So yeah. I'm lucky where I do have some connections where I can go do other things. Yeah, well, the, man, I'm, that's the thing. You know, you got to make, you've got to make it happen. Yeah. I'm ready to get to the point where I can take, my tools out of my truck, you know, and not even have to worry about that. Like I want 10 orders on the bench. You know, I want to be a month behind. Yeah. You know, it's just, and I've been there before. I don't know what's going on. You know, it's just a slump. Yeah. Well, like you said previously there, it is the holidays. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people are going through shit too. You know, the times are changing every fucking day. It's not a yearly thing anymore. It's a daily thing. Things change so fast in yep. our world. Yeah. So, you know, you it's an unpredictable market as well, too. You know, you can put it that way. Yeah. Because I had times, too, where, like, I was two weeks without an order, and I was like, holy fuck, you know. Then I started doubting everything, and I was like, shit. And I'm doing everything to get shit out there. Yeah. I got orders I'm working on, but I got no orders coming in. You know, now I'm starting to feel like I'm working for nothing because I'm making these knives, and there's no money coming in because that money's already gone. You know, it's already back into the business because they pay their orders when they order. Right. And full, and that's what keeps me going. You know, that's what makes me put gas in my car and pays for everything else. You know, so that's the thing. You know, I ended up two weeks later and bombarded with orders. You know, I just stopped worrying about it because there's only thing worrying is going to do is going to drive you mad. Yeah, I, I realized that a long time ago. I don't let myself get worked up, and you know. Yeah, anxious and all that shit because it is what it is what's going to happen is going to happen as a full-time smith i did go through that phase and and like i say it's that two-week phase where i had no orders come in and i started down this whole gig there and i was like fuck am i gonna have to go work for somebody again you know so and i was thinking about part-time job now part-time job has not crossed my mind in months oh no i I don't think i'm employable by someone else anymore you know yeah that's that's the thing you know, my mother said that it's like, I'm happy this is working out for you because I don't know where else you would have went and worked because, you know, I, I could keep a job, but my tolerance for, for a lot of things are low. And especially when it comes to respect, you know, I don't care if you're my fucking boss or you're the Pope, you're going to fucking respect me and I'll respect you back. But if you're going to start fucking getting in my face, I'm going to bark. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, I don't care if you're signing my fucking paycheck, but I'm going to go work somewhere else. I know I could fucking do anything, so. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I'm that kind of guy. You know, if you threaten me with my job, I'll call you fucking five minutes later and be like, hey, I'm already gone, and I already found another job. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want a job. I got. I like. I know you can do I, dude. Uh, I'd rather <laughs> hustle and grind, man. That's exactly the point. Hustle. Yep. So uh, tomorrow I'm actually going to meet a guy. That's got, uh, well, it's, it's Brandon, my buddy that owns 
several small businesses. He's been on the podcast here before on that business side episode. Right on. So one of the businesses he owns is, uh, you know, when you go into gas stations, I don't know if they've got them up there, but I'm sure they do. They got the little poker machines where you stick the money in and it's like a slot machine type deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, he owns who knows how many hundreds, maybe thousands of those machines that are just all over the place, you know, in stores and stuff. Well, he just got a, an opening. I think it's in Virginia. So he's got like 80 machines in a warehouse that need new computer boards or, you know, updated software, some kind of crap like that put into them. Yep. And, uh, so I'm going to be learning how to, how to do that kind of stuff here over the next few days. Oh, nice. And just kind of, I mean, it's not going to be like programming anything. I, from what it sounds like, I'll pretty much be a parts changer. Yeah. You know yeah swapping I mean? parts and shit. Right. Just getting these things ready to go to where yeah. when this contract or this area, whatever it is, opens up, he can go flood the place. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's what I'm getting at. That's the hustle. You know yeah, what I mean? It's an opportunity to make a few bucks. It's something I don't know anything about, but hey. I can learn, learn it. Something new and get paid for it. Absolutely. And golden. Yeah. There's no education worth that much. No. Shit, no. You know, that's free knowledge and you're being paid to learn it. Right. You know, take it and fucking run. Yeah. I mean, my skills are in these two hands right here. Yep. Exactly. I mean, I don't need no books. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do with a book. Oh. <laughs> I could read a book about whatever the hell it is that I'm supposed to be doing here tomorrow. I wouldn't get much of anything out of it. But if I watch him do this task the right way one time, then I'll be able to put two and two together and I'll figure it out, you know, and it won't be long before he's asking me questions on how does this work or, you know, (laughs) I mean, I'm serious. My brain just works that kind of way. A lot of it is a lot of logic. Exactly. You know, when I was back, when I went back to school, I was uh, taking physics classes, like high school level, but like, senior year physics classes right and, uh like a lot of it was just common sense you it know is. and then the teacher's looking at me she's like well, why couldn't you perform like this in high school you know and blah 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 and this and that and how do you know this and how do, where'd you learn that you know what you're not doing it how i do it and blah, blah. it's like well i just i got youtube first of all you know resources yeah. right there so right. i learned you know physics through youtube when I was in college, so because yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get the teacher the way she was teaching it, but through YouTube, it was easier to understand because there was a lot more of visuals, right? You know, they explaining shit with modules and everything, you know. So to me, it was easier to understand, right? And my brain works in a way if there's a system that, in order for something to get to point B, it has to start at point A, but it's got this process it's got to go through to get there. Yeah. Once I understand that process, then I can fix it. It doesn't matter where it's broke. You know, I'll be able to figure out what the problem is and kind of go backwards. Like if it's doing this good, if it's not go back, if it's doing, you know what I mean? Like kind of in reverse order, figure out the problem. Yeah. And it's like, just clicks with me. I don't need no fancy book learning. New. I got the (laughs) Thomas Lahren, uh, knife nerd book there or whatever and uh i don't even think i've read more than a paragraph in the book i almost ordered that book just because uh, i kind of wanted so to much knowledge in there as a I resource can't, I, I can't learn from it like there's right. just to, just to find what i need in it it's not that it's it's not well made or anything like that it's probably easy for the 
book nerd, if you want to say the bookworm there. But uh, for me, I can't find my way around what I'm looking in that book. You know, it's just all these numbers and all these fucking letters are just driving me crazy. Right. Yeah. I started to order it just kind of, I felt like it'd be cool to have that kind of resource on hand. Yeah. And also, you know, he's been on knife talk. He's been on knife perspective, you know, several different podcasts promoting the book. He seems like a, a dorky, cool guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. He's a doctor. Right. I mean, so just to support, but then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, man, do I want to spend $30 for a a coffee table ornament? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm not going to look at it. I picked it up off Amazon when it came at like, uh, it was like $15 for a while there. I picked one up and, uh, I had that, I got it. And then I was like, I looked at the edge geometry pictures. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's about it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I was guessing up, the price thirty bucks for a book. I read up on the different grinds and shit. You know, like Scandi grinds and this and that, and the hollow grinds and blah blah blah, and chisel grinds. You know, I, I read those little short paragraphs and I looked at the pictures and I was like, all right, this is logical. You know, it's common sense. So, Dude, honestly, as long as I've been making knives, I know what a flat grind is. I know what a hollow grind is. Yep. I know what a chisel grind is. I know that a Scandi grind is real steep. I think. I mean, I don't name these grinds as I'm working. It's steep and it doesn't have a secondary bevel. Right. It just comes like straight to the point. Yeah. But uh, I don't name them. You know what I mean? I just make it sharp. And if it's like a bushcraft knife, I know I don't want it to come down to a super fine edge. You know, I want it still kind of meaty at the edge. And then I'll put that bevel on it. You know, it's a steeper angle. You want some beef behind that. Right. And all that learning came from you know, beating the hell out of trees and rolling edges. And I'm like, well, that's too thin. You know, <laughs> like that one I sent you the picture of yesterday. I yeah. put a 16 penny nail on the back of my anvil or on the am what they call the anvil, the little flat spot on the back of my vice. And I tapped it that knife through a 16 penny nail with a little three pound hammer. Went there right through go. it. Never left a mark. Well, that works. Yeah, that works. That was uh, a good heat treat. No, very good. Now I just got to figure out how to finish the blade because I got uh, that knife was actually made about a year ago. And it went up on the wall. It went up for sale on the Instagram and all that stuff. Nobody claimed it. But the more and more I looked at it, I wouldn't have claimed it either. (laughs) You know, I mean, we all say we get better as we go. Yeah. The handle was very, very blocky. And being such a big knife, it's got a wide grip, you know, from from the backbone to the belly of the handle. Yeah. But I used thick-ass scales and pretty much broke the corners. So, I mean, it was a handful. I wouldn't have wanted it either. Yeah. So I busted the handle off and reprofiled the, the handle and all that kind of stuff and kind of cleaned up my bevel lines. They weren't as crisp, you know, as I can make them now. Back then, I was on a Harbor Freight 1x30 with an inch-and-a-half platen behind the belt. You know what I mean? On a knife that big, you can't really set a good bevel line. No. no. uh, You could try. You'll make something decent, but it won't be comparable to anything else. Right. You can get close. but Yeah, some guys do some. Oh, excuse me. Some guys do some <laughs> some crazy shit, but uh, with 1x30s. You know, and even when I first met you, that's what you were working on, and, you yep. know. And it blew my mind. I was like, holy shit, because I didn't see myself making good knives on one by 30s. I just, hell, I had one for four years. I actually had about six of them. Yeah. But uh, four years, dude, that's all it was. And 
It wasn't until, I mean, the money that I used to make before I went full-time, I could have easily bought a tube of 72. But it was one of those things where I was was having so much fun with it, I really didn't know for a long time if I ever did want to try to go full-time. And, hell, I've only been selling knives for about two years. It took me that long to be comfortable enough, you know, to take money for one. So I wasn't making any money back with my investment. So I'm like, man, I'm, you know, I'm good. This takes longer, but you know, I'm not so trying to make a living where, off of it. Maybe that's where, maybe that's what you shouldn't have done. Maybe you should have sold those knives. Cause I, I was able to sell those knives and I didn't hesitate either. I was selling them for 30 bucks. Yeah. I sell that knife for $300 today. Yeah. I mean, I gave a bunch of them away for a dollar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's bad luck to. Right, exactly. Yeah. But uh, I've actually still got my first dollar that anyone ever gave me. It's in a, I got a little plastic thing with pins and markers and shit in it. Yeah. And that dollar is just kind of rolling around in there because the dude came to the shop and gave me a dollar and I threw it in there. I don't know. I'm shit out of luck, dude, because uh, <laughs> nobody gives me a dollar for a knife. You know, they, they well, they give me more than that, but uh, yeah. I don't get that dollar transaction when you hand over the knife, you know? Well, there ain't going to be another one. This one guy was looking for a penny and I was like, dude, there's no more pennies. And he's like, oh shit. And his wife had gotten the knife from for him, but I delivered it at his house mm-hmm. and I gave him the knife myself, you know? So that's why he was trying to give me a penny. I was like, dude, it's just superstition. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I, with that kind of shit, dude, I figure better safe than sorry. Yeah. yeah. But, but no, my first knives dude. like I said, they, as soon as I put, you know, I didn't even put anything up for sale, really. I just posted, like, hey, look at what I just did. And I had, like, four or five of them. And uh, poop, poop, two went. And then people are like, oh, can you make me a cleaver? And I was like, sure. Made a cleaver. Yeah. Then more cleavers. And then I was like, all right. You know, and then fucking started getting saw blades cut out on the laser CNC. And uh, so it was, you know, productive production. And uh, those were going, like I said, reclaimed steel blades were just going like hotcakes and I was like, oh, <laughs> like I got to do something better about this and then I invested in a 2 by 72 you know that's when I got off the 4 by 36 you went straight to the the revolution right uh no Kid. my first uh, 2 by 72 was actually a Toronto blacksmith 2 by 72 okay paul 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 something i can't i i, w- I couldn't even say his last name if i had it in front of me he's polish so uh Anyways, yeah, got it from Paul. He's a younger lad out in Ontario, Canada, and uh, he does axes and hammers and tongs. Like, my first tongs were from him. My first grinder was from him. And then I learned that, you know, because, like, I'm the kind of person that likes to make tasks easier if I can, you know, simplify shit. Right. uh, There's grinders out there, you know, that are – more adequate if you want to say by just being tilting you know and stuff like that and this was a fixed base grinder and i got a small wheel kit you know doing everything freehanded and i was like no i don't i understand i could do a clean job freehand on small wheels and all that shit without a tool rest or tilting the grinder and all that for the finger choils and all that but i want to make it clean i want to make it look good Mm-hmm. If I want to bring that spine up to 400, I ain't hand sanding it. It's going to go in that small wheel kit and it's going to be an even pass every time because I'm going to have that tool rest set at 90 degrees with my small wheel. And that's how I am. It's so, amazing the difference in the, like I say, like you're talking about 400 grit. If yeah. you use 400 grit on a small wheel attachment, 
or even a, a contact wheel at a oh, horizontal yeah. versus a flat platen at a vertical works way better. It's insane. You know what I mean? Yep. It's it's oh, just yeah. a drastic difference. It's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> in one little pass, it's beautiful. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know. I enjoy the simplicity of fully functional machines. You know that are right. more than one utility to that machine. You know. Now let me ask you a question here. And this is just me being new to the Tuba 72 game. You made a comment to me the other night. And when you first told me, I was like, yeah, I know, whatever. But I got to thinking about it, and I don't know why you told me. So I was doing some grinding on my top wheel of my flat platen. I had my machine horizontal and my platen tilted all the way forward. Yep. Now, what is the difference of having a con well i guess you'd call that just an idler wheel right just a it's a technically a contact wheel it's a four inch contact wheel at the bottom of your plat no i was using a two inch at the top yeah yeah because you're tilting your plat forward right uh so what would the benefit be of having a rubber coated wheel up there versus that metal wheel well the benefit would be you probably wouldn't get that 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 uh chatter you get on this aluminum wheel you know, when you pass something on a, on that top wheel, you probably get that little skip, you know, from the bell hump. I don't because I only do that at, like, 36 and 60 grit. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, after that, I mean, that's just, like, to kind of refine my shape, preheat treat and all that. Yeah, once, yeah, once yeah. I get up to a higher grit. Well, all right, then in that case, you're running blades on there and shit. Uh, what's the difference between a rubber wheel and an aluminum wheel is you're, you're eating up at that wheel for one-eighth thickness, you know, eventually you're going to leave a dent in that wheel probably. It is aluminum after all. Right, right. You know, like handle work and light shit like that, I wouldn't see being a problem on an aluminum wheel, you know, just thinking about it real quick. But uh, heavy-duty stuff on an aluminum wheel, like blade profiling and shit? Yeah. I don't know. You know, those are big belts too. Right. You got tension, you got everything, and you're applying pressure to that. After the first of the year, I think I'm going to reach out to our friends, uh, you sell and Mark, uh, the TR maker crew. And, uh, I need one of those small wheel kits, dude. I mean, I've yeah, got small wheels now, but I've got three quarter and one inch and inch and a quarter. I think I've only got three, but they're not, they're small wheel, Yeah, but they're not crazy small. You know what I mean? And I My think you said yours is like inch. a quarter yeah. inch. That's bonkers, dude. Now, how does the – what I'm wondering is if I order the wheels from TR Maker, will they fit into my Broadbeck? Chances are not because I had one uh, small wheel kit from Nexus Grinders here in Canada. They're out west. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, yeah, they uh, – well, uh, it was all steel, and uh, I wanted rubber wheels. And I contacted you, Sal, and I sent him a DM and uh, asked him for the dimensions of his wheels. And uh, all these companies pretty much all have their specific space in between the rubbers or whatever. Like their bearing sizes will be different or their, their the width of their wheel, you know, it'll be different. So uh, U-Cell's wheels didn't fit in my small wheel holder. You've got a digital caliper, right? We're going to have to do some comparison later on when we both get on live again and go back to the shop. Yeah, sure. But, sure uh, yeah, I mean, I've got the Broadbeck Tuba 72 grinder, and 
I got the small wheel kit with my grinder, and that comes with, like I said, those couple of wheels, but it's the small wheel attachment as well. Yeah. And um, if they made a smaller one, obviously I'd be going with Broadbeck, but they just don't go any smaller than three quarters. Bring it up to them. Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm aware of, they don't. It's not on the website last time I looked. Talk to them. When you buy the small wheel kit. They made a a D-plate for fucking Mareko there. Might, Might as well make some fucking shrimp wheels there yeah yeah shrimp <laughs> wheels huh throwback so uh yeah there's nothing wrong with little shrimp wheel action every now and then inside joke yeah <laughs> it's all about the ocean yeah and it's motion <laughs> i don't know that you can just leave that there pickle you might have to <laughs> I don't know if I want you to just leave that Jay, there Jay, or what. Jay got called the Jay got called the shrimp dick one day, so uh, I figured if they were going to name a small wheel kit after him, might as well make it small and call it a shrimp wheel kit. Might as well, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was on on your live stream. Yeah, it was it? It must be probably not funny to anybody who's listening to this next week. But that was on my birthday too. Doggone it! <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Yep. But yeah, I'm gonna uh I just don't have the the pull like a Mareko type person would. Yeah. But uh I mean hell Broadbeck's killing it anyway. Yeah, they are, man. Yeah. But and if you decide to go get yourself a Broadbeck, use that promo code Hustle and you'll automatically get that Mareko DP upgrade for free. Yes, sir. Dude, that last knife, the one I posted today. Yeah. That thing is getting so much pull and traction. Like everybody wants it. Yeah, we're, so we're gonna have to have like a no phone rule. You you get like thirty minutes into a podcast and you're just like scrolling Facebook and I'm not scrolling Facebook. It's the fucking notifications that are <laughs> I got my shit over there plugged up on Do Not Disturb. Yeah, no, mine uh, mine's on vibrate. It's not plugged in. It's in my hands. <laughs> I'm working right now, man. <laughs> yeah, working on the hustling ground podcast. Okay, what was I was lives all their day and i had to take a phone call because i recognized the number and it's a customer from connecticut mm-hmm. and i was like all right everybody i gotta go <laughs> i gotta go and do it and i went i took off and i came back 550 dollars richer yeah well that's a good day yeah so last week did we talk about that hybrid knife that i had up for sale hybrid knife yeah the the chef's knife with the maple and then the green and red epoxy oh yeah 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 that one sold. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good. That one did finally go. Actually, I say finally. It only made it 24 hours on the interwebs. Cool. And it was that sold. That still blows my mind, though. I know, dude. I can't believe it. Like, if it's not gone by next Tuesday when this airs, like, post it as the the, the picture for the podcast post. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because somebody's got to see that thing. You know, I don't know why it's not getting any traction. Well, dude, it's got, like, 70-something likes on it. It's got 230-something. Hell, it's got like a 1,000 on Facebook. Let me suggest this, Jay. Do the waffle. Do it. Do it. We'll we'll hook up after, and I'll tell you how I do mine. It's simple, dude. I just fucking take transfers. Like, we have e-transfer or PayPal here in Canada. I put the info out there, and uh, say you want $250 shipped to wherever in the States. Well, you put twenty five spots at ten spot, ten dollars per spot. You know, everybody's got ten bucks. You right. might not have one hundred and fifty bucks, but a lot of people have ten bucks. You think that'd be a good idea to do it this close to the holidays? 
why not? It could be a great gift idea to whoever wins it, or it could just be theirs, you know? Because if I have a knife that sits for a week, 24 hours, my raffle's full and it's gone. Yeah. That's what I do. I wait a week. If that knife didn't move, whatever's available, finished. If it hasn't moved, and I'm going to get rid of it. If I'm in a rut, I'll fucking raffle off a knife that doesn't even have a handle on it yet. <laughs> there you go. Winter, I didn't even put picks the grinder on it yet. Yeah, and I was like, all right. Because I, as soon as I hit past heat treat and everything went good, I started grinding or whatever. I'm like halfway finished with my grinding or the blade's half complete. You know, it's like, right. all right. I got this guy up for a raffle here, you know, but I could be in a pinch and need money. You know, you never know. Right. Yeah. But that one time I forgotten my tattoo appointment and she hit me up on Saturday. She's like, all right, we're still on for Monday. And I was like, oh shit. You know, and I didn't have the money for my fucking tattoo appointment. Yeah. You know, it was a full afternoon. So it was like 600 bucks. And I was like, oh shit. Fuck, 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 fuck. Hold on a second. Let me raffle off a chance <laughs> to build a knife. <laughs> you know, have your custom knife made. I'm going to raffle off a knife that doesn't even exist right now. And that's what I did. That's pimping. Yeah, and I've been doing ball. those. Like I've been doing those, and people like them. Yeah, they like it. Like, I've done like three or four of those raffles, and uh, where I'm like, you know, this is your chance to have your custom knife made by me, and this is it. You know, thirty spots, twenty dollars a spot, six hundred dollar limit on value, and that's it. Yeah, you and know, really and for six hundred bucks, rate. the options are wide ass open. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, but a lot of people like one guy. He like the knife I made him. I would have sold for 600. It would have been less, you know? So right. it, it's our income. It's our job. You know, it's our livelihood. This is what we do. So technically we could charge whatever we want for those raffles. If you want to make it a fundraiser for fucking anything, you know, for donations, you'd probably even get more pool. You know, the last one I did for that, that magical Christmas thing there, I, and I, not even 24 hours and I had like $1,800 up. Yeah. That's badass, dude. For yeah. sure. Yeah, and I gave a bunch of money to that foundation, and I kept myself some money, and everybody was happy, and a bunch of kids are going to get some gifts for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of the biggest donations they got, too, if not the biggest. Like, of, you know, there's no just random little guy like me that gave them money. I'm the only one. You know, they got money from other, like, businesses and shit like that locally. Right. But no one else like me, you know, not just this little artist guy and his eight by 12 shop, you know, and I've done these several times, you know, I've fed the food bank. I've helped cancer patients. I've helped, you know, all kinds of shit. So it's, it's not just Nicholas. It's St. Nicholas. Nah, don't go there. We already got a sharp Santa. Don't even fucking go there. Uh, yeah, we do. Don't we? Yeah. Brian, you got to talk to Jay and you got to claim that shit and make it yours. Cause I don't want nothing to do with St. Nick. Yeah, he's oh he's claimed it. I was hoping to see him in some kind of Santa Claus hat or like maybe even a a white beard or something. You know what I mean? I'm anxious to see what's gonna happen uh, on. uh, Actually, you know, maybe I, I don't know if I could talk about this. I'll talk to you about it later, but uh, it has to do with a uh, twelve days of Christmas type deal thing podcast that we're these Canadian people are talking about having on a certain day and whatever. You talking about the forward side chat? No, I can't. I don't want to bring up anything. I just uh, I think it could be them. It could be anybody else. It could just. I. It's like I said. It's well. That that one's already public because I know about that one. Okay, the twelve hose heads of Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that. All right. (laughs) 
I don't know because I'm I'm just in the group chat and I hadn't seen anything else anywhere else. So. I saw it. I believe it was Facebook where I saw it. Um, oh, Justin had put something up. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm part of that. The twelve host heads of Christmas were twelve makers from all over Canada hanging out live, doing a live podcast, getting shit faced. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. Uh, yeah. So all There's the other that. podcasts are doing this. Uh, Christmas specials, you know, there was like a trivia edition of the Work For It podcast today with all these yeah, Christmas yeah, I heard questions. That earlier. You know, Knife Talk had the what they do like Christmas list gift ideas. So, I didn't have gotten the chance to listen to that one yet this week. I just, like I said in the last episode, I still haven't gotten up to my fucking podcast. Yeah. So I'm just so to- here comes our Christmas segment of the Hustle and Grind podcast. You ready? <laughs> Am I aware of this? <laughs> no, this is quick and easy. You ready? Yes, sir. Merry Christmas, all you motherfuckers. We love y'all. Hope you have a good one. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. That's it. Hope everybody really does have a great Christmas. We're not getting into no weird shit because we just ain't. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, you want to talk about the Grinch? We could talk about Grinch all day. Like Even when Brian <laughs> brought up uh, that, when they brought up that Grinch trivia question there in three words, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was thinking about me because me and Brian had discussed it, how grinchy I was and shit. And You're thinking was about like, you and it was stink, stank, stunk. Pickle <laughs> cutters himself. Those were my three words. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then I messaged him and he's like, dude, you don't even know how hard I had to stop myself from bringing you up. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking for points probably and wanted to win the trivia. So, right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. That was a, a different kind of episode. It was interesting. Yeah, no, that was uh, the mashup there was pretty interesting, too. Yeah. Well, what threw me off about that whole deal is I felt like it was a great show, right? And then at the very end of it, Brian House jumped on saying that, you know, sorry about the lag, you know, there's problem with the board, and this is part one. I thought it sounded great. I didn't catch any it, lag. No, well, it wasn't necessarily lag. There was, like, some, I don't know what it was. It was just, like, a, some choppiness. There was a little, like, I heard some little, like, <laughs> like here and there. That could have been a microphone breaking up, though, or something. Well, I don't know. They yeah. just got new equipment for Brian as right. well, too. I thought it, it sounded like, great. But then he said that's part one, so I'm guessing they're probably going to post. No, the part two, part two is will be uh, on the Art of Craftsmanship page. Yeah, and the link was in the, the description of that podcast. Yeah, I don't do descriptions. Yeah. I don't even do instructions. Why would I do descriptions? Yeah, we call the instructions the funny papers. I don't even call them. <laughs> that made no sense no it doesn't but well, that's all right you know who i do call though i actually made a phone call today Ghostbusters. I, I called my friend greg 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 up at phoenix abrasives phoenix abrasives yeah man uh he hooked me up oh, greg got cooking some belts oh because it was time to re-up and Ooh. uh guess what i did when i called him since it is your one-stop shop for all of your abrasive needs um Personally, I did not go to www.phoenixabrasives.com forward slash shop because I just called Greg. Um, but when I called him, I made sure to use that promo code, Hustle10. And when I did that, I got 10% off my whole freaking order. Boom. Saved a pile of money, too. I mean, if you're ordering one or two belts, 10% is not huge. You know what I mean? You might see like 30 cents huh. off or something. But if you're ordering 10 or more belts, that's like a free belt. Yeah, exactly. And when you order, I want Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence well, I'm not going to get with her. Yeah, I mean, I ordered <laughs> sixty six belts. I think. Holy shit! It's a pile yeah. of cash. You know yeah, what I mean? 
But the thing is, I do it that way on purpose. I don't order five belts here, ten belts there. You know, I try to order everything that I do in bulk, whether yeah. it be my steel, my handle material, my my belts. I mean, whatever I need, I try to order everything in bulk because you're paying shipping either way. Yeah. And if I can pay that one time instead of five times, you know, you're saving money. Yeah. Well, belts uh, belts tend to be a little bit on the pricey side here in Canada anyways, like, well, like, like say, like, a, what does a 36-grit ceramic belt go for? I have no like idea. Like one belt. Like one belt. I'm going to say for, like, a regular ceramic, like, I, I prefer the Ferrari Red is the belts that I prefer for hogging off metal, you know, just beating them down. Yep. I want to say they average around 4 to $5 a piece, roughly, but I don't know. I've never ordered just one. Yeah, well, one ceramic 36-grit belt here, Pretty much, no matter what brand is in between nine to ten dollars Canadian dollars. Okay, so that's around the price range that like a Norton Blaze would be. You know the yeah, well yeah yeah you know right you know it depends you know by like but I don't like those Blaze belts those Norton belts I don't like them ones, yeah no I like the eighty grit and that was it I got some uh, purple ceramic belts in the one twenty. And uh, I tried them, and I was just chit-chatting with Greg. He's like, how'd you like those purples? I was like, man, they're they're good. You know, they're good belts, but I didn't really notice a ton of difference. And he said, uh, well, when did you use them? I said, well, I use them, you know, preheat treat, all this kind of stuff, just roughing in, you know, cutting in bevels, cleaning up, all this kind of stuff. He's like, no, nah, dude, use those post-heat treat. For some reason, they've got something in them to where they work better on hard steel instead of Soft steel, they Soft probably steel. don't fill up as much. Right. So I tried that. I grabbed a fresh one and used it on hardened steel. Holy crap, dude. That send 120 one. was throwing sparks like a damn 36 on crack. Uh, I, send, send me one, seriously. I'll send you one. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Like, I, I want because that's one thing that I am so annoyed with when it comes to belts is the 120 grit. Like, anything 120 and up, I get so just annoyed with these belts because they're literally one time use belts. Yeah, a lot of them seem that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like you get a good cut on your first bevel and then you turn it around and you're getting frustrated because you got to try to feather something up because you're not cutting as good as your first fucking run i'll tell you this about them 120s you you want me to tell you just how good they are when i run out of 60 and 80 grit that's on my wall right now i will no longer order those i can go from 36 to 120 like in a snap damn i don't need those belts anymore so i mean that's a that's a time and money saver in itself right there you well, skip I that whole grit. Try one of those belts. Yeah, I mean they are freaking legit. I'll probably still keep a few sixties around just for my handle stuff because that's where I start on handle material. Yeah, I started doing that too. Like my sixty ceramics, I started saving those for uh, handle work. Yeah, I mean I start at sixty grit. I take an old worn out thirty six to knock my pins down and clean up the spine and the belly. You know the excess epoxy and square everything off. But when it comes to shaping, I go straight to sixty. I do it. A 60 on a 10 inch contact wheel horizontal and then i go to a 120 one inch wide j flex and everything from that point forward is one inch j flex all the way up that's it that's it j flex is up to 1600 and some blue compound for phoenix abrasives on the buffer collar yep. a day that's it no hand sanding Fuck, my back is killing me Ugh. We're only 21 minutes into this thing. You tired already? Are you serious? 21 minutes? That's it. <laughs> 21 <laughs> minutes, 28 seconds. 
That's it. Huh? It feels like longer. It felt like an hour. Seriously, where did I go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, seriously, I don't even see time anymore. No, I'm I don't, fucking with you, dude. It's, it's 47 minutes. Oh, you fucking. <laughs> <sighs> seriously, dude, I was like, if this hasn't been a half hour yet, I, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. Nah, we're in 47. <laughs> Is it time for a pee break? No, I'm just fucking, like I said, I'm just overwhelmed. Not enough time in a day. Yeah, I know what you mean. I got to go home and cook some meat. So uh, I got, you know, we've mentioned before that, you know, I never met my real dad. So I don't know any part of that family. The dad that did raise me, I know he has family and I've seen them before, but they live all over the country. You know what I mean? I've just never got to know any of them. Yeah, they're not close relatives. My mom has one brother, which is my uncle. And that's the only uncle I have. So me and him are super close. But, man, everybody's got, like, that one guy in their family that's, like, the hillbilly, the, you know, the outcast, so to speak. Well, That would be me. That's the only one I have. That's him. Yeah. So I went to help him put up a roof on this building that he's framing up. And uh, we were just chit-chatting, you know, talking throughout the day. And uh, the week before I went out there, they live out in the middle of nowhere. I'm talking about boonies, woods, dirt roads everywhere. I saw four or five deer probably about 60 yards away from my truck. Now, it's illegal to shoot a deer from a truck, and I would never do such a thing. Why not? But all I had with me was my 45. Oh. And my 45, it can take a deer down, but not that far away. Yeah. I, it probably could from that far away, but I wouldn't trust my own yeah. aiming that far because I – I love big game hunting, but I do not ever want to injure an animal that I can't guarantee a kill on. Exactly. So this week when I went out there, I took my thirty out six, my my rifle. And of course didn't see a damn deer at all. <laughs> but um I got to talking to him and he's like, Oh, I got a deer not for last. And I kinda looked at him and because he's always talking about seeing deer out there. And uh, he he's got guns and shit, but he don't hunt, you know what I mean? <laughs> And I was like, you got a deer. He said, hell yeah, I hit that son of a bitch with the front of my truck. You see my bumper over there? <laughs> I said, oh, I'll be, I'll be damned. I said, well, what'd you do with him? He said, I threw that son of a bitch in the back of the truck. I took him to the crackhead down the road, told him if he'd skin it, I'd split the meat with him. <laughs> I said, okay. And uh, before I left, he's like, you want some deer meat? I said, well, yeah, I, I will never turn down no deer meat. You know what I mean? So we went in the freezer, and he just started pulling out bags. I'm like, you know, what's this? He looked me right in my face. He said, I don't fucking know. It's deer. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I thawed out this chunk of meat. I don't have a clue what part of the animal this thing came from. It's just a slab of meat. looks like maybe some section of the front shoulder. But I'm going to throw it on the grill tonight and season it up and see what it tastes like. Yes, sir. Uh, Miss Katie's out <laughs> picking up a couple of frozen pizzas just in case it's a dud. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, it's – and when I say he lives in the middle of nowhere, like, he has connections with all these crackheads. I guess he's kind of like the kingpin of the woods out there. All right. This one dude had a diamond ring that his grandma left him, like, just a few days before. And he called my uncle and said, hey, man, uh, I got this ring right here. Uh, think I can get a couple cigarettes for it. He gave him $2 – or, I'm sorry, two cigarettes for this diamond ring. And he took it to the pawn shop and had it appraised. It was worth like four grand. Jesus Christ. He got it for two cigarettes. 
Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just got, he's one of them guys, dude. He's got shit all over his yard, just nice stuff. Like, he's got an all-aluminum canoe, like, in perfect shape. And I asked him about that. I'm like, where'd I come from? And Four cigarettes. <laughs> no, he, I think he said he paid uh, $2 for it. Holy shit. Yeah. People, somebody wanted to rock there. Exactly. Again. Exactly. He said, I don't give a shit. They know to stay off of my land unless they're bringing me shit. Yeah. But, yeah, man, it's, uh, <laughs> it's insane the kind of shit that happens in, in the hills. It takes all kinds of people to make the world go around. For sure, dude. Yeah, sir. So, yeah, what else you got going on? Anything new, man? Well, aside from my uh, crime fighting, um, you know, that, that's been taking up a lot of my time working with the police department, you know, trying to just protect and serve, you know what I mean? That's it. Do all I can uh, for the community and whatnot. But um, now apparently I actually am getting an award, some kind of uh, community. Yeah, yeah. That's good. So, yeah, I was like, cool. Like, do I get a plaque to hang on the wall? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, glad that got taken care of, though. Yeah, man. And, and the kid, well, I might as well tell the story. It won't take very long. So, uh, you know, we've talked about it before again that my house has kind of been a spot where it's a good neighborhood that leads to the bad, but you got to cross the swamp to get to the bad. And, you know, a while back we had the stolen car that was used in the armed robbed robbery that. You know, they left all their guns in it and parked it in my driveway. Yep. Well, there was a hit and run at the intersection, about a half a mile up from my house. And I guess that they felt the best route to run after the hit and run was, of course, right through, you know, the end of my road in front of my house. Me and Katie were out in the back, standing right in front of the shop, and we heard this god-awful noise, you know, just like a dragon sound, just coming down the road. <laughs> So we're like, what the fuck is that? And we looked up, and there's this white Toyota Corolla with no front bumper on it flying down the road. And it went right through the intersection, right off the pavement, right down into the creek bottom. But it got right to the bottom, and it turned on a little access road or access trail. And um, so we're like, what the hell? You know, we're, I'm thinking somebody died, right? Like their brakes went out because it sounded like they are riding the brakes. So I came from the backyard. I'm already dialing 911 coming out from the backyard and uh i called it in told them what had happened and i got off the phone with them and i looked down in the creek started walking that way i was gonna make sure everybody was okay and then this crackhead come walking from the direction that car got pulled to this female and she went down into the creek and there's a city water line that kind of goes through the middle of the creek that they use as a bridge so she walked across this little pipe and then there was another car on the other side of the creek that picked her up. And they pulled in from a road similar to mine, you know, where it's just the end and leads down. They picked her up. So we snapping pictures. You know what I mean? Like, so this is some weird shit. And um, so about 10 minutes later, yeah, I'm standing out in the front yard waiting on the law to show up so I can let them know what happened, show them my cameras, all this stuff, which, by the way, they never showed up that night at all. And uh, another truck comes up. And he tries to pull down there, but he's so wasted. He's like against the fence, <laughs> like just grinding the fence against the side of his truck. And then a guy jumps out of the truck, runs down into the creek bottom, gets the white car that was just in the hit and run, and he hauls up out of the damn bottom with it. And then they turn around and all they all haul ass. 
Fuck. So the Shoot, guy that was involved, he put something on Facebook, you know, hit and run last night. It was a white Toyota and put the location there. I'm like, holy shit, that's what we saw last night. That's what happened. Yeah, so I got in touch with him, got in touch with the police department. And uh, the first cop had told us, you know, case is closed. There's no tag number, nothing I could do. I'm going on vacation tomorrow. That cop has since been fired. Oh, he has? Really? Yeah, yeah for real. And um, so the chief of police called me probably 4 o'clock or so yesterday wanting to know if he could get the video and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, of course, you know. And then a captain of the police department called me last night wanting to know if he could come by and get the, you know, the video and download it, put it on his thumb drive. So I'm like, yeah, dude, no problem, you know. The very second that I hung up the phone with him, with the police captain, I mean, I hit end and looked up, and that white car with no front bumper and the SUV that picked her up on the other side of the creek were right there at the intersection. They were coming down, and they went right back up towards the main road. So I hit redial. I'm like, dude, they're right here. They're fixing to hit Russell Parkway right there. You know, they're heading south on Russell. So he was right around the corner, and he caught him. Yeah, yeah. And then he called me back and said, uh, did you happen to see the person driving? I said, yeah, I seen him. And uh, he said, did you get a picture? I said, no, I don't have a picture. Well, can you identify him if you saw him? I said, hell yeah. He said, well, can you come over here to whatever the address was? I said, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. So I went around the corner, and as soon as I jumped out of the truck, this guy was telling the cop, you know, well, we've had problems with the radiator, so I took the bumper off. You know, and the car's been sitting here two or three days. Well, the bumper was in the back of the guy's car that got hit. He had already come to my house and picked up the bumper. He had the bumper in his car because it yeah. fell off once he went to the creek bottom. So he's telling the guy, the cop that he's been working on it and stuff, and I just stood there listening to it. And he turned around and looked at me. He said, is this the guy? I said, yeah, that's him. And uh, I said, that SUV right there is the one that he was driving when he picked her up. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah, I got pictures of it. Want to see? So I pulled the pictures up. And now this guy's staring at me the whole time. He's this young 20s punk-looking kid. And uh, I showed the picture to the cop. And he looked at the picture and looked back at him. He said, ouch, this is going to hurt for you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Busted. Yeah, man. So uh, they told me without my quick response and my video evidence and my attention to detail, they would have never been able to catch this person, which is just a hit and run, but – you know, the kid yeah, right. that got hit, he had just bought that car, only has liability insurance on it. So without finding who it is, he's screwed. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if that person doesn't even have insurance on their car. Right. Well, they can file a civil suit at this point. Yeah, but still, if they don't have insurance, they most likely don't even have money and don't own anything. They're fucking crackheads. You yeah. can't get nothing from them. Well, the cop did say that the car was insured by somebody, whether that's a driver or not, who knows. But but anyway, yeah, that was my uh, police work for this week. Um uh, you know, it's only been a short time here with the police department, but I think I'm <laughs> ready to retire, you know, unless my services are needed at a later date. You know, I'm, I'm always here to help if needed, but uh, I think we're going to go ahead and step down at this point and focus more on my knife-making career, you know, try to try to do good at that. But uh, you, you going to sleep, or what are you, are you, what are you doing right now? Hey, pretty much. You look like your eyes are closing, homie. I, they are not closing, but close. Yeah, I'm just fucking head down, fucking relaxing my neck. Yeah. Well, we're 60 minutes in. You want to call it a day? Uh, we're good to go still. I was going to bring up my laser. Okay, well, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something completely. We lost her, boys. <laughs> but, yeah, I was going to bring up my uh, laser etcher engraver, whatever you want to call it there, and uh, bring that up real quick. That thing's pretty fucking neat, dude. Yeah, for like sure. Some fine-tuning to do to learn how to use it to get, like, proper cutting and all that stuff and, like, make it clean and not messy, you know? Right. So, uh, and I'm just messing around with different techniques and different ways of masking my blade to be able to cut out whatever I want so I could electro etch afterwards. So if I want to make that knife look like a zebra, well, I could cut out zebra print from the nail polish and then just electro etch what's not burnt out and we're good to go. You know, you got a zebra blade. I could make you a a leopard blade if you want. (laughs) So yeah, you know, Leopard prints or fucking zebra prints or, you know, kangaroo print if you want. Kangaroo print? <laughs> such a thing as a kangaroo print? I don't know. But if you want your blade to have a kangaroo and I could make, I could put a kangaroo there. Maybe a kangaroo but, footprint. Yeah, yeah. You know, anything. I could put a, a kangaroo that's got his, his paws up like he's boxing if you want. You know, I could. I did a few test etching on some steel, you know, scrap pieces and I, uh, different, like I said, uh, different, you know, masking, vinyl tape, uh, uh, painter's tape, nail polish, you know, I tried those and the best results I got was with the nail polish. And I did, uh, a few nice ones. there, like a Freddy Krueger and, uh, I did, uh, Pennywise from it. I did Jason, Jason Voorhees, mask. That one came out nice. Yeah. It was like shadowing and everything. And, you know, so it's, you know, for simpler stuff, not too complex of a design, I could get something done pretty decently, I think. Or so I'm just going to, fine-tune things and practice with that and uh, fix on offering the the custom engraving that I've been asked for a lot, like people wanting names and shit in their blades. So blades or dates or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, I got a so, question about the, the laser etching process. Now, you're only etching the mask, right? Yes, that's correct. It's not etching into the steel. Okay. So I saw something, it's been probably a year or two ago, it was on a, an axe head. That uh, not the Lion King. What was that show that come out? Uh, Vikings. No, that dude with the mullet that was making out with all them damn lions and shit. The weirdo guy. Oh, Tiger King. Tiger King. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody put a a picture of him or something, but it was like Tiger King themed. Yeah, Joe Exotic. <laughs> yeah. Fucking weirdo, dude. But anyway, um, they masked the entire axe head with what looked like that masking film. Yeah. And just submerged it. Now, I don't know if that was like maybe muriatic acid, you know, something stronger, or yeah. if like maybe they charged the water, you know, yeah. what I mean, put a probe in the, in the solution. You think that's something you could do is, you know, kind of like you were saying, zebra print. You wouldn't want to go and, you know, do your electro etch two if square inches at a time. A whole, if I was going to do a whole blade, like, completely zebra etch i would dip it in ferric yeah i'd put my stencil or what no actually the ferric would probably eat through i'd have to do it with the stencil if i'd want it because i don't know how ferric and nail polish react together it's a mask it's a mask it yeah, works it, it will not touch nail polish okay oh yeah, yeah no obvious no that's salt and water that i'm doing electro etching though but it works with the. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it works with the nail polish as well too. Yeah, because I've tried different things like painting on designs, you know what I mean, yeah. with nail polish before a ferric etch. Yeah. 
and it works great. I'm just not good enough of an artist to gotcha. actually paint something on good enough to leave it. You know what I mean? I've just kind of messed around, but it works okay. good. I mean, I've heard even a Sharpie will work in Ferric. Huh. You know, just anything. Because, hell, think about it. A fingerprint will work. Oh, fingerprint, yeah, exactly. Anything. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. No, it definitely makes sense. Now you got me wondering. Now I got to try all this shit. Now I got to blade. <laughs> Dude, I got some uh, muriatic acid, and I tried that one time to eat the forge scale off a blade, thinking it was yeah. just going to be super fast, right? So I put, I can't remember what I put it in the first time. Some kind of PVC tube or something was just fine. <laughs> and um, it definitely took the forge scale off really freaking fast, and it smokes. And um, so I went and I got one of these, like a pie pan, like nonstick pie pan. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm just going to pour a little bit of this acid in here. And I can lay the blade in it. Then I can see what's going on with the blade. You know, dude, I put that acid in that pie pan and it started boiling and smoking, eating the pan. I think it was just that nonstick coating that was in it or whatever. <laughs> that is some strong stuff. Oh, yeah. um, you know what else works good for a forge scale? Is um, I was I did that uh, the Clark my camp cleaver mini cleaver whatever you want to call it there that's raw iron and uh, raw iron and ten ninety five core anyway send my and uh, I wanted to get the the contrast not only in my ten ninety five but in the grain from the raw iron mm-hmm. and um, pH down and whatever was left from my forging mm-hmm. the scale disappeared. Vamos, no more. I use vinegar, and I don't even heat it. it And I was in there for about, seriously, maybe 15, 20 minutes, and I took a steel wool to whatever was forged scale, Mm. and it rubbed right off. And that's uh, Rick Marchand that told me about the forged scale. Uh, Lawrence and Nick Rossi are the ones that told me about the pH down for getting the depth and the grain of the raw iron. So if anybody's ever struggling to get that raw iron to pop pH down. That's like a pool supply thing, right? Yeah, just a jacuzzi or pool supply shit there. Right, okay. And, uh, yeah, so you just pour the powder substance into the water until it stops dissolving, and then you just hang your blade in there, and, like, it bubbles. And, like I said, you just, I took a steel wool maybe not even 10, 15 minutes after it's been in there, and I took a steel wool to it, and it's just rubbing off all the forge scale from my forging. Yeah, that's how vinegar does, but it takes an overnight soak. Yeah, well, try it. If you could find somebody, you don't need much. Like, I cap full of pH down in my water. That's all I put. I didn't see if it was still dissolving or if I could have dissolved more. I was like, I'll try this, see if it works, you know. It's a powder? Yeah, it's a white powder. Okay. Just don't put it in your nose. Yeah, my yeah. parents have a pool. Obviously, it's covered up for now, but I'm sure they probably got some of that laying around. Yeah, or any fucking Walmart or whatever that has pool supplies, I guess, too. Well, yeah, but if I can just take a little Ziploc over to their house, why buy a bucket of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Considerably pretty cheap, too. Like, I'd look at it's like six, seven dollars for a bottle or something. Oh, okay. Well, if you're talking about a cat full, that'd probably last a while. Excuse me. Yeah, it's, I don't see it going bad unless it just gets nasty, you know? Right, yeah. But it's just water and white powder and it comes out clear. Cool. Yeah. It's low pH. Another not, shop hack. None of that, uh, like, plant stuff, though, because, like, for hydroponics and shit like that, you want to keep your pH and your water balanced and all that stuff, and they have the pH down shit for plants, but it's not as acidy as 
the pH down for swimming pools. Gotcha. So, yeah. So that one's the best one to use. I'll have to definitely give that a try. Dude, I'm, uh, I'm distracted like right now. There's like headlights all zoomed in to like the front of this building and nobody's supposed to be here but me. But anyway, um, it'll be fine. I'm just, I'm one of them nosy guys. You know what I mean? Batman. Yeah, if, if someone's not, if they're where they're not supposed to be, I'm like, fuck you doing, homie? You, you, know you I mean? motherfuckers. Right? <laughs> But yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. That's all I had to say this week. Pretty much is I'm fucking beat. I got that laser, which is pretty cool. I messed around with that like one full day, dude. I gained the biggest headache. Like I had a headache for two days after that, just being so focused on the laptop and computer and all that. Like, yeah, I could tell because you're an hour ahead of me up yep. in Canada. Yeah, I usually wake up between six thirty and seven o'clock every morning. And I'm guessing you usually wake up pretty early because usually when I get up, I've got some sort of message from you, <laughs> a picture of, you know, whatever you are, you know, something. Yeah, something I was working on at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right, but it, it's in before, you know, before I you get wait. up. <laughs> but uh, the other day, it got to be like 3 or 4 o'clock here. And I texted you. I'm like, you okay, buddy? Because yeah. I hadn't heard from you all day. Usually we're back and forth all the time. And I'm like, damn, what happened to Pickle? <laughs> yeah, I was still in bed. Fucking migraine, dude. Luckily, migraine. I've never had one. But, uh, dude, I'm, I'm. I think it has a lot to do with uh, my neck and my shoulders right now. Though these these headaches that I'm getting, I don't want to say they're stress headaches or anything like that because I'm probably not that stressed out. Like I know my body. Right. I'm not stressed out. Just exhausted right now. So I'm not gonna say it's stress. But uh, I got a bad kink in my neck. It's been a while. Actually, I did have a migraine one time. It lasted for about two weeks. And it got me to the point where I literally was laying on my couch every single night for about two weeks straight, curled up in a little ball, crying like a baby, like tears falling down my face, like rolled up in a ball. And when I finally was able to move, I'm Googling like brain aneurysm. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I swear to God, I thought I was going to die. No, dude, that that, uh, that day that you messaged me at like three or four o'clock in the afternoon, I was literally just sitting in my shop with all the lights off trying to smoke a cigarette. I couldn't move. And we finally figured out it wasn't a migraine, though. No. We had gotten uh, guinea pigs because my wife thinks that they're fucking cute. They're just little balls of rat-ass fur to me, but (laughs) I was allergic to the Timothy hay that they Uh, have to eat. And so we finally, we took them out of the house, and our laundry room is detached from the house. Like, it's behind the carport. There's, like, a little breezeway thing to go through to get to it. So we put them out there, and within two or three days, the headaches just kind of went away. And I was still getting them every now and then because, you know, I guess it was still airborne. Yeah, but possibly. then for like six months later, every time I'd go in the laundry room to get something out of the dryer, I'd end up with a headache. And uh, and that was after we got rid of them. You know, we figured it out pretty quick after a couple of weeks that that's what it was. We got rid of them. And uh, they don't taste very good, by the way. Real fatty. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, just you're that hay in the air. Them? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, you're allergic to Hey, somebody's yeah. ain't gonna get me. I'll eat you. <laughs> but now nah, we we gave them to somebody. We put them on Facebook for free, and somebody that already had a couple came and got them. They went to a loving home, whatever. I would hate sure. that some bitch though. 
But um, I, probably I more meat on those than a squirrel, right? Oh, I got a freezer plum full of squirrels. <laughs> For real, that's good eating there. Sent me a picture of a cooking squirrel the other day. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's something I've always wanted to try, though, like as in uh, survival and all that shit, like just eat whatever nature has to offer. You know, I went on that kick for a while. I just never got slick enough to get a squirrel. Well, the, the squirrel meat is decent. It has to be slow cooked or else it's real stringy and tough. Yeah. But the, the secret to squirrel is once it's done cooking down, that kind of grease that it leaves behind makes a wonderful gravy. I mean, just the squirrel gravy is holy shit. Put that on a cathead biscuit. Uh, golly. It's uh, living. Fucking southerners. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll stick to rabbit and birds. Uh, we'll eat them too. Shit, if it's made out of meat, we're going to take a bite. You guys have partridge down there? Like, you partridge hunt? Or? No, no. You no, asked me no that partridge. before. Um, I think, I don't know. I think that we were talking about that on the live. I've, Maybe. How big is a partridge? Uh, smaller than a chicken. Okay, so is it like quail size or bigger than that? Bigger than a quail. Uh, what about pheasant? About the size of a pheasant. Okay, yeah, we do have pheasants here. Yeah. But they're not like, I wouldn't say not wild, but there's certain places where you can pay to go quail and pheasant hunt. Yeah, yeah, we used to have a spot like that up here actually at one point, like maybe like 30, 40 years ago there. I'd never seen it, yeah. but they used to have a pheasant hunting club. Yeah, it's like wheat fields, you know, waist high or whatever. They send the dogs through there to scare the birds up. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I've never done that because I don't do that pay-to-play type hunting, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. I'd rather go out in the woods and hunt. Exactly. And it's I figured like, out why like I haven't seen any deer hard. this year. Why is that? The fucking crackheads down there in my creek bottom. Uh-huh. But, yeah, uh, Johnny Just on the spot over here. Got to hold a the deers and they're, deers they're, they're scaring them off, man. Uh-huh. But I got to hold a code enforcement. We went down there and run them off. <laughs> sure did. Like a regular crime fighter. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah. I I personally don't call cops, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, I'm that guy in the neighborhood that if you're cool, like, I don't really give a shit what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, you heard me yell at the people at the stop sign. You know, they run the stop sign at 40 miles an hour. Their house is only area. Yeah, exactly. 100 feet past the damn stop sign. You know what I mean? So it ain't like yeah. you're saving a bunch of time by not slowing down. Now, they're also running dope out of that house. I don't give a shit. Keep it on that side of the stop sign. If you're not bothering me, I don't care. Yeah. But when you run the stop sign and I got kids out there playing. You're flying through my yard. That's when we, Exactly. That's when we got problems. Yeah. But, uh. Anyway, I don't want to keep boasting still, on my uh, crime still, fighting. I called the cops. I would have taken care of them. They would have never found the car. <laughs> well, see, they, would have, they would have went back for the car, and the car would have been gone. Yeah, well, I went. I jumped in my truck. As soon as they passed my driveway and that other truck was damn scraping against the fence, yeah. I ran back and jumped in my truck. I was going to back mine out and block them in there. But my keys weren't in my truck. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then... um so I ran in the front door of the house right quick. There's a hook right there. Keys are always there. Keys weren't there. <laughs> they were clipped on my belt loop the whole time. <laughs> and I was mad as hell because I couldn't find my keys. The little carabiner <laughs> thing was on my belt loop. Like where Where's I, my pencil? <laughs> yeah, like where I put my keys. You know, if I go to the store or something, I lock my truck and clip it right there. Never thought to look at where, you know, where keys go. 
Hey, it is what it is. Yes, sir. Imagine that's the reason why you didn't find your keys is because if you would have found them, your truck probably would have gotten fucked. Probably by some asshole with no insurance. You know, and then I'd have to catch a fucking assault charge, and I just I ain't got time for that. Yep. So the name of this podcast is going to be Bandits and fucking (laughs) Bandits and uh, well, what's the fucking word I'm looking for there? Community patrol or whatever they're fucking. Not, uh, oh, dude, they ain't got Andy Griffith up there in, in the Canadian, do they? Who? Oh, my God. Andy Griffith. Andy Griffin. I've heard the name. Yeah. Well, there's a guy on there, and uh, he goes by the name of Gomer Pyle. You ever heard that name? Oh, Andy Griffith. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This dude. I used to watch. I, don't, I was going to say that fucking rings a bell. I taught my friend's bird how to whistle the theme song for fuck's uh. sake. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. My friend didn't know what it was, but like I grew up listening to that because my grandma used to teach, uh, not teach me, but that keep me after school yeah well so, grandma watched andy for sure yeah but uh you know there's one episode where gomer's on there trying to be mr cop and he runs all over town saying citizens arrest citizens arrest <laughs> <laughs> but what is, what is it that they have there they a uh, community crime watch or whatever they're the fucking you know they have signs with the big eyeball on it there. Uh, neighborhood watch yeah neighborhood watch there yeah. we go yeah 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 yeah. Fucking thieves, the crackheads, and neighborhood watchers. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come with something. <laughs> Maybe just citizens arrest. Yeah, yeah, citizens arrest. Right, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. But not Reno, not Reno nine one one, but Georgia nine one one. Yeah, dude. Okay, so uh, speaking of uh, fucking drunken idiots, um, Katie was off today. So when you sent me pictures. <laughs> Wait, no. Not. <laughs> Sounds like you're talking about your wife there, buddy. No, 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 no. no. Drunken idiots. My wife took a day off today. Yeah, uh, let me word that a little different. So you sent me pictures of your wiener today. Um, <laughs> so hot I, dogs. Yeah, your hot dogs. And so I went up to New Way Wieners because that shit looked good, man. I'm like, man, I want me a couple of chili cheese dogs, red chili cheese dogs. And um, got back home, and I turned on the TV. And I got, you know, just my little 30 minutes tops for lunch where I watch TV. So I clicked Trailer Park Boys because it's the last thing I watched. You know? <laughs> and she sat there and she kept looking at the TV and looking back at me and something happened and I laughed. And I kind of glanced at her and she was on her phone and she looked up at me. And she said, I love you, but I don't know how you watch this. <laughs> No, well, if you started from the first season, obviously, it only gets better as it goes. You know, this- and that's what I told her. I said, babe, this is the dumbest show I've ever seen, but all my friends it's are like, telling me it's good, so they like, also said you got to watch podcast. a whole season. It's like this is the dumbest podcast. It's only going to get better as it goes. Right, that's a train wreck. <laughs> but, hey, how can you look away? I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> but keep on watching it, and you'll get fine to it. Trust me. Because there's just some fucking skits that are so hilarious. Dude, Bubbles is a fucking quack and a half. You know? I haven't seen him very much yet. Oh no! Wait, he 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 practically becomes a star of the fucking show at one point. Oh really? All about bubbles, yeah. But uh, last does, time like, I seen him, uh, so like, yeah. Last time I remember seeing him on the show, Julian—that's the guy always holding the drink, right? This drink, yeah, yeah. He's like, you want to go inside and eat some chicken fingers and get drunk? He said, Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> With his big yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> But yeah, no, my uh, my little brother imitates him so fucking well, dude, and it's fucking hilarious. Man, I kind of uh, felt bad for little bubbles there for you know for a while because I uh, do. They're hard on him. They're harsh. Like, well, really now hard. he was he was at J Rock's, dude, and he was just about to give him a slice. 
you know, and then here comes J-Rock's mama. Dude, I was like, well, poor Bubbles. Man, no poor thing for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's just funny. He lives out of a fucking coal shed, like a sheet metal shed. <laughs> really? Yeah, eventually, like, he, I think fire. Yeah, he burned down or something like that. Or I, where is that fucking... Julian's bad. I don't know. I've, I, there's just so many episodes, and I don't keep track of that shit. You know, I've been watched. I binge watched it a few times. Well, I'm gonna keep on it and give it a shot. Um, it's gonna take me a while because Katie ain't having that shit when she's home. Yeah. Mister Laley is fucking hilarious too, and Randy's hilarious too. Like the trailer park fucking yeah. manager and his fucking sidekick. Fuck off, Mister Leahy. Yeah, I know. Frig off. <laughs> I have a T-shirt that says "Frig off" on it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> This fucking greasy ass burger belly there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's it, boys. Trailer Park Boys. If you've never seen it, go check it out. Yeah, and bring your patience with you. Nah, just skip to the third season, maybe. And it's, it's not like it really follows, you know. Okay, so, so you don't have a TV in your house. No. How do you watch TV? I don't. <laughs> 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 I know. I, I have my phone that I play YouTube on at night when I go to bed, and I just turn the screen off, and YouTube plays in the background so I could fall asleep. Gotcha. Like listen to serial killer shit, whatever. So you gotta, man, you gotta find some kind of way to put uh, Letter Kenny on your phone. I just watch it on YouTube. I could actually cast it in my shop on my shop TV if I had to, but if I'm watching TV in my shop, then I'm not working, and that's the point why I don't watch TVs because it's a waste of time. Dude, I got rid of. The, I used to have a TV in my shop. Yep. And I, it was on way back in the Bubba days. It, we talked about it several times, you know, that I was getting distracted. Yep. Because when I first got into the shop, I'm like, okay, what am I going to put on the TV? And yep. I, I would claim I'm finding something, you know, just to run in the background. But I'm taking 10 minutes to scroll and preview and all this and that. And then I end up getting caught up. <laughs> yeah. So then finally I'm like, dude, fuck this. The, the TV's got to go. No, I had brought my, I had bought one 24 inch TV for my shop to hook up to my laptop because I was using a, I never really used it. I paid for a whole fucking year for knife print and it's a knife design program. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I paid for a whole year for that and I never used it. Like I never designed one knife and used it as a knife I made. I messed around with it for a couple of nights in bed and that was it. You know? mm. But, uh, I brought the TV when I signed up for knife print and then I was going to, you know, customer comes over, have the laptop open and design a knife on the fucking TV. Ooh, I don't work that way. So I don't even know why I did that. Yeah, dude, I, I everything I, I do draw, is on paper. I draw something out on paper real quick. Is like, is this what you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they send me a picture. I want something that looks like this. I could do that. You yeah. know, they're talking about my knives most of the time too, because they know I ain't going to make the same knife exactly the same twice. Yeah, so. exactly. All of mine starts on paper, and like yeah. even like yesterday, I sent you the pictures. I was laying out the clay for that homone. Yeah, and I traced out the knife. You know, the knife's already shaped out. Yeah. Traced that out on paper, and I just real quick sketched my little pattern where I wanted my clay. I mean, it's it wasn't nothing fancy at all. Yeah, but I just cut that out with an exacto knife, laid it on the blade, and there's my template. That's it, you know. But no, it's uh, and you're I like if I were to do that, I wouldn't even use the same template twice. Oh, I threw it away. Yeah, but the beauty know. is, if you cut it out like that, then you can lay it out on both sides. You just reverse yeah. the, the template. Reverse. Yep, 
And I take, I've got those. You showed me that. That's all I thought of right away was like, that's pretty neat. Yeah. You do that and use it on both sides. Blah, blah, blah. Like the whole process went right through my head. Like, yeah, exactly. And I use, I got them, uh, chalk markers. Yep. And I just use a white chalk marker and outline it, you know, because obviously I'm not going to try to lay clay over all that paper. And because then when you put it on the other side, that side's against your blade, you know, it'd be everywhere. But just trace it out and lay it out, dude. Which that shit is still tacky. So hopefully tomorrow I can heat treat that, huh? Holy fuck, dude. I like I go <laughs> I ain't gonna phrase it like I phrased it yesterday, but I don't wait for my clay to get <laughs> hard <in it. laughs> Well it's dude, it's been so humid here. So last I know, week but still, like I said, I just I clay my blade, I light the forge and I go in. I go in wet, boys. I'm going in wet. <laughs> dude, I'm just scared that it, it something'll happen. I don't know what. Like maybe it'll because if so there's moisture well, it's going to cook out. It's going to cook out. You're going to see it bubble out. That's what I do. I watch my clay bubble, and as soon as it stops bubbling and my blade's up the heat, you know, I start it slow. I don't bring my blade, you know, I don't bring it to temperature right away. I start my forge low. As I'm heating up my forge, I'm running my clay through there. And then once my forge, you know, I bring up my temperature or whatever, you know, as the temperatures rise, I mean, well, the clay is hardening and curing. It's just, you know, it's the, the, the moisture's so, coming out. I've never had a problem doing it that way. How do you position your blade in the forge if you're doing a hamon and you have clay on the blade? I stand in front of the forge for 10 minutes with my tongs. Oh, so you don't lay it down? No, I know. I rock a blade back and forth. Okay. Uh, usually that's what I do, but then what I did the last time I did was I actually took a angle iron, cut a slot in it and all that shit, and then that's what holds my blade up. Well, that's what I have in my forge is a chunk of angle iron. It's got different slots in it, but right yep. in the middle I've got a wider slot. To where I can lay, you know, the edge up. Yeah. Because I don't want to put an edge down in the angle iron. And then I'm just blasting all that heat on the clay because that's, you know, that's defeating the purpose. Well, one thing I do, too, is when I'm putting something like that in the forge on angle iron, I never put it right underneath the flame. I always put it to the side. I cut my slots to the side and not centered on my angle iron. So I got the heat from the brick that's refracting towards my blade, you know, it's, and then refracting towards the blade. And then I got the heat coming down from the flame that's blowing, you know, like a rapid to the, towards the other side of the blade. Right. Well, to me, what, it just makes, I don't know if it makes any sense or anything, but I'm just not running. I don't have that one hot spot and then everything fucking heating out from there. Well, ideally, once the forge comes up to temperature, you know, I block off the back end of my forge unless I'm doing something crazy long. Yeah. Once it once it comes up to temperature, there shouldn't be a hot spot. You know what I mean? No, 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 definitely not. But when when you're laying a blade right underneath the flame itself, yeah, no, it would make sense. But I think I think I'm not sure. Anyone, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just talking out of my ass right now. Uh, the oxygen from the flame hitting on the steel, decarb, this and that, and all that. I don't know. Maybe I understand the being up the heat part, and you know the the, the the heat from the forge and the flame being the same, but the flame impacting the, the piece of steel has oxygen or well, it's burnt oxygen or whatever right. at that point. But well, if your flame's coming out at 1450 degrees and the temperature no in your forge um, is 1450 degrees, like once mine evens out, you can look inside the forge at the top and you can see the hole where the burner is, but you can't see the flame. You know what I mean? The whole thing is just kind of orange. At that yeah. point, it kind of equalizes. Yeah, 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 it evens out. Yeah, no, that too. I don't, 
I don't know. It's just maybe me. Uh, just like I said, I have sometimes the way of making myself some ideas of maybe how things are, and that's not how they are. <laughs> well, you I know, like to put just, mine like, in like, the because when you brought up the if your flame is fourteen hundred degrees and your forge is fourteen hundred degrees, no matter what you're going to put there, there won't be a difference in between heat right. on your floor, you know, because the heat. The only thing I see is the the turbulence. That's what I'm wondering. I'm not saying that's what it is. I want to know if that's a problem or not at that point. When there, especially when there's clay on the blade, because that clay's heavy, right? Yeah. I like to have it exactly vertical because if you're holding it with tongs, you know, just being that high, if you're off centered a little bit, it can take a bend. You know what I mean? And that's the reason I like to let my clay get fully hardened. That way I can sit it down in that slot and then I'm only blasting the edge. Uh-huh. And during, during normalizing, and then, you know, normalizing cycles, it's super easy to kind of flex it where it needs to be and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And See, I've I've learned to accept the fact that warps and bends happen, even as hard as you try to not have a warp. I told, you know, I, I thermocycled my uh, little uh, fever, the little Damascus knife I made. Mm-hmm. Thermocycled that straight, everything you know, bring things back up the heat, getting ready for a quench, you know, up the colors and heat. And I look at it and, and it's fucking warping. I was like, what the fuck just happened? You know? So I just brought it back to the clamp and I started all over again, fucking thermal cycle over again. And I might've gotten it too hot after my thermal cycles. I don't know. It was daytime. So I just brought it back to whatever non-magnetic, right. Like, on a bit, I reclamped it, left it there, and then I brought it to the forge at night. You know, yeah. I'm done doing the daytime shit. There, the light does not help. Like I, I could get it done pretty decent, anyways. But it's the 25 layer Damascus is not the same brain structures or anything going on in that steel compared to right. a mono steel. You right. know, like I'll quench mono steel all day long in daylight, but I ain't gonna do any layered steel in daylight anymore until I get a kiln, and that's probably gonna be sooner than I think. Because I uh, might have to, we were talking about making blades differently from one another and not making the same blade twice. Well, I might have to, this is nothing set in stone, but I might have the opportunity to make a 50 to 100 blade run for a future project that is being put together. And uh, this is going to come back to my attention after the New Year's. So I'm going to have a meeting with this guy and his business partner and uh, see where we go from there. Well, good luck with that, man. I hope that works out for you. Yeah, that's going to be a... I don't know. I didn't sleep much last night because I heard about this at like fucking 12 last night. You know, but he contacted me. It was late last night. So I I was like, fuck. Yeah, and you were texting (laughs) me, and I was still up. Yeah, but I didn't sleep much after that because my brain was just 100 miles an hour. Dude, after that, I shit myself. You know, I was like, holy fuck. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) this has to work. (laughs) When I do a 10-piece set, I'm like, fuck yeah. All the bills for the entire month are paid right now off of this one order. A hundred piece set? Good God. Like, Well, it's not going to be one set. It's going to be a production run. Well, that's what I'm saying. But It's a hundred knives in one, you know, in one shot. Yeah. um, You know, obviously going to have to figure something out supplies that's not a problem you know and i'm gonna have to you know i ain't gonna cut these out by hand obviously and i'm not gonna forge them out by hand so depending on what we talk on if they want hand forged well then they're gonna have to wait for their hundred knives you know and i'm gonna have to shut everything down and they're gonna have to pay me my ear (laughs) exactly yeah dude (laughs) i'd have them water jet and i'll be all set you know water jet cut them including the pinholes yep 
and then them send them out for heat treat. And then the money that you're going to spend on all that is going to save you enough time to where your profit will put an oven in your shop. Oh yeah. 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 That's what I'm planning on doing. Cause I'm not standing alone with this project on my end. Cause I have that organization that, you know, if I have projects or whatever, I could just throw shit at them and we're going to work together. So it's just another big step is I wasn't expecting that because there's something else in the fucking back burner too. that. It's just a matter of time and that's going to fucking go. So I just don't want to bite off too much, but everything's just going so good that I don't want to miss out on anything either. You know, this is my time to fucking shine. I think this is it. Yeah. I believe so. Well, I, I hope it all works out for you. I don't know. And if it does, I'm not expecting anything. And if it doesn't, well, that happened for a reason. It's so I could focus on something else at that point. So we'll see how it flows. You like my uh, my birthday gift there that uh, for so, my birthday getaway? So that, my does that come with the cabin? Uh, no, I'm bringing that to the cabin, yeah. <laughs> it's not a cabin. It's a condo or whatever. It's a fucking skyscraper condo type thing in fucking Moncton. I'm just getting away for, the, for my birthday. I don't like to be around here for that time of the year, so I just fucking bounce. There's nothing to do anyways. I go hang out there. That's uh, that's not the one I've seen before, is it? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I mean, you know, just because you like apple pie, I don't mean there's something wrong with cherry pie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get ready to wrap this son of a bitch up because this yeah, shit, oh, yeah. two and a half hours now. It's a world what? record. Are you serious? No, I'm fucking with you. It's uh, uh, would you fucking stop it, dude? <laughs> I missed the store and I'm out of cigarettes. The fucking store is closed and I got no more cigarettes. Oh, that's a bad day, dude. Oh, man. I'm just going to smoke more weed. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> well, guys, this has been one hour, 33 minutes, and 22 seconds of what I felt like was a hell of a good show. And hey, uh, Anybody could make what they want out of it. To me, this was a blast and it was great. And yeah. I appreciate you and I enjoy spending this fucking hour and a half with you. Like I said, this is my break from the week. So. Absolutely. Hey, one more thing before we go out of here. Speaking of appreciation, I got shout outs. Oh, so, you remembered it? <laughs> not, not. Well, not the shout out. I still forgot that one. But uh, we hey. got new Patreons. Oh. And guys, uh, I'm not going to just do the new ones. We're doing them all every week. Because like I said before, man, it don't matter if it's 12 cents or $2. If you take time out of your day to go to this website and, you know, put something towards our cause, it means a ton to us, and we definitely appreciate it. So uh, this week we got, let me see, I can't remember who all was already on last week. We'll start from the OG. Ryan Coakley, he was the first ever. And then Donnie Dulovich, www.knifematerialat. Nice. Aru Blade Works, Brigham Kendale, Mark LeBlanc, and Mark Vanderwerf from 118 yes, Blades. Sir. Thank you, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all, man. It's Every time I get that notification on my phone that says, you know, you got a Patreon, I look at it, and it's about 12 hours behind. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to text everybody as they're doing it, you know what I mean, just thanking them. But, man, it just means a ton. That someone's listening to this and they're like, hey, those guys are cool. Let's give them money. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've never done that. I've never listened to a podcast and, and said, I want to pay these people for doing what they're already doing. 
Yeah, that's appreciation yeah, for you guys what we do doing that, man. We appreciate what they do for us. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a scratch your back, scratch my back type thing, I guess. Yeah, y'all are doing that, and good lord, we appreciate the hell out of it. So, with that being said, I'm Jason Hartwell from JK Blades, alongside my co-host Nick Tobin. Is co-host the right word? Yeah, dude, just call me Pickle. What? <laughs> but. Alongside with Pickle, what, your fucking sidekick. Let, let's make it a sidekick. Sidekick sounds fucking better, anyways. Yeah, but I don't want to be the main guy. I feel like we're fifty fifty in this. You know what I mean? If there's right, a co-host, I feel like the host is better. I don't want it to be that way. All right. Well, no, not necessarily. It could be uh, Batman and Robin. I don't. I just don't want to be Robin, even though you've been Batman lately. But <laughs> <laughs> that sounded wrong, dude. End this fucking show now. <laughs> All right, I'm here with Pickle, and I'm his co-host, Jason. We'll see y'all next week. Till then, every week. That's what we'll do. We'll we'll do that every week. Y'all keep on hustling, keep on grinding. Take names after you kick ass.